Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. For the past year or more, I and others have reported that Pope Francis would end Benedict XVI's modu proprio Samorum pontificum. For those not aware, on July 7, 2007, Pope Benedict XVI issued his modu proprio that permitted any priest of the Latin Rite to say the Mass according to the 1962 Missal issued by Pope John XXIII, with a couple minor changes, at least minor in according to Benedict, that was the traditional Latin Mass, or as it is often mistakenly called, the Tridentine Mass. And I say mistakenly because there is a myth promulgated by those who defend the Mass of Paul VI that the Latin Mass was invented by Pius V and the Council of Trent. That's not true, though it's not relevant to the discussion at hand. Benedict's motu proprio gave the right to every priest of the Latin Rite the ability to say the Latin Mass without their bishop's approval. That hasn't exactly been followed since Benedict's time, as ultimately a bishop has a lot of power he can exercise over the priests in his diocese, if he so wishes to do so. Benedict's motu proprio also stated that the laity have the right to have access to the Latin Mass in their diocese if they wish, and even in their own parish. That hasn't been followed either. I and others have reported recently that the Latin Mass was going to be suppressed by Francis. Now, news from Rome has emerged that at a meeting of the Italian clergy, Francis has announced that he is in fact working on that very thing. He is working on suppressing the Latin Mass again. This is big news in a week of big news, so let's dive into it. This story came to me via Barate Celi, and through the tips on Twitter from many of you that you sent me directly. It originally comes from an Italian Catholic website of some strong repute, Messa in Latin. It's a short post, so I'll have it all here for you. Now, according to that very trusted source, it is for the moment still fragmentary news coming from our multiple sources within the CEI, the Italian Conference of Bishops, and, the, and various bishops, but it seems that yesterday, May 24th, 2021, the Pope addressing the Italian bishops at the opening of the annual assembly of the CEI and in a subsequent meeting with a group of them, announced the imminent reform, for the worse, of the modu proprio Samorum Pontificum. From what is known, it would be a return to the indult, with a prior authorization of the bishop, as under the modu proprio Ecclesia Dei, or of the Vatican, and with all that it entails, that is, a reintroduction of the prohibition of the celebration according to the Missal of St. John Twenty-Third. So many denials of authorizations and shunning, in practice, the priests and faithful attached to the old rite. After Moses, the liberator, Pharaoh returns. Those are the words of the article. Francis has been meeting with the bishops of Italy this week, and no one really expected anything to come from that meeting that anybody outside of Italy would care that much about. But boy, were we all wrong. So let's review. The document is in its third draft. Anyone familiar with publishing world knows that the third draft is typically the pre-publication draft. That concretely means that, if true, we should see this announced during the summer or early fall, certainly before the new liturgical year begins in November. They're absolutely going to make this not ambiguous. They're going to close loopholes, and they're probably going to use Samorum Pontificum as the roadmap for that, because Benedict in that document outlines the various things lacking in the promulgation of the Novus Ordo that prevented the traditional Latin Mass from ever having been formally suppressed. Something to think about. Now, for my money, I would 
bet on Francis's new uh, words being promulgated on or near July 7th of this year in time for the 14th anniversary of Samorum Pontificum. At the very least, we should expect this to mean a return to the indult mass. What this means in plain English is that the bishops would have to give approval for a parish or an individual priest to offer the traditional Latin mass. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but understand this. Before 2007, the traditional liturgy was nearly impossible to find outside of the SSPX, or rare, FSSP parish. Since Samorum Pontificum's release, what we have seen is nothing short of a miraculous increase in not only the Mass being available, but also of young seminarians and young priests offering that Mass, or wanting to offer that Mass. It's remarkable, and its growth spelled trouble for the most strident defenders of the Novus Ordo. That, of course, cannot be permitted, because as anyone who is a big supporter of the Latin Mass is, like myself, will tell you, the average age at the typical traditional Latin Mass parish is much lower than at the Novus Ordo. And I can say this from first-hand experience at countless parishes that, comparatively speaking, these parishes are thriving. The faith without modern errors is being taught from the pulpit. But that's not being permitted to happen, so, as we shall see, the Mass has to come to an end. Many of the bishops have a hostile demeanor to the traditional Mass. I've seen numerous accounts online of bishops discouraging their seminarians from learning Latin in favor of learning another language more widely spoken in their diocese. That may make sense on a surface reading, but remember, technically speaking, it is the law of the Church that all seminarians should be able to read and speak ecclesiastical Latin for saying the Mass and reading Church documents. It is the official language of the Catholic Church, after all. But in a time where the gospel of Christ has been replaced by a distortion of the gospel, with a gospel of materialism, with a works-based doctrine, rigid languages like Latin cannot be permitted to be used in anything other than a symbolic manner. How do we know that this is true? Well, at the same Italian bishops' conference, in his opening remarks, Francis said the following, and I quote, We have seen frequently seminarians who look good, but who are rigid. Rigidity is not of a good spirit. Behind that rigidity, there are some big problems. End quote. And what are those alleged problems? Pride and clericalism and pharisaical attitudes, of course. Francis is legendary for making fun of priests and seminarians who wear saturnos or count rosary beads or wear the cassock, which is the traditional attire of the priest, not the business suit with a collar that the modern priest wears in America and abroad. The more commonly seen outfit actually originates in the United States with the bishops attempting to be more pleasing to the acolytes of Luther and Calvin which makes sense, of course, if you know anything about the history of the faith in America. That move was done in the late 19th century, and now is so common that few think about it. Of course, we are pleased when we see them wearing even that much in public, given that few priests are willing to be seen in clericals outside of their own parishes. But I have something related to that that comes from G.K. Chesterton. At the heart of the heresy of modernism, which was the driving force behind Vatican II, was a desire to have the church in step with the desires of the world. It was John Twenty-Third who said that we needed to open the windows of the church to the world, to let some fresh air in the form of the good ideas of the world being adopted by the church. This was in the 1960s, making it perhaps the worst time to vent in church history. But Chesterton had something to say about this decades earlier. According to Mr. G.K. Chesterton, The cities of the plain might have remarked, that the heavens above them did not altogether fit in with their own high civilization and social habits. They would be right. Oddly enough, however, when symmetry was eventually restored, it was not the heavens that had been obliged to adapt themselves. The church cannot move with the times, simply because the times are not moving. The church can only stick in the mud with the times and rot and stink with the times. In the economic and social world as such, there is no activity except that sort of automatic activity that is called decay. 
the withering of the high flowers of freedom and their decomposition into the primordial soil of servitude. In that way, the world stands much at the same stage as it did at the beginning of the Dark Ages. And the church has the same task as it had at the beginning of the Dark Ages, to save all the light and liberty that can be saved, to resist the downward drag of the world, and to wait for better days. So much a authentic church would certainly do, but a real church might be able to do more. It might make its dark ages something more than a seed time. It might make them the very reverse of dark. It might present its more ideal humanity in such abrupt and attractive a contrast to the inhuman trend of the time, as to inspire men suddenly for one of the moral upheavals of history, so that men may now live living shall not taste of death until they have seen justice return. We do not want as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. We want one that will move it away from any of the things towards which it is now moving. For instance, the servile state. It is by that test that history will really judge of any church, whether it is the real church or no. End quote. The church has found itself in servitude to the opinions of the world. The Latin Mass is rigid. It isn't man-centered, and it requires the attendee to acknowledge that they are not at the center of existence, that the laity are the body of worshippers, and the priest is the head of that body, and as its head he offers the sacrifice of the altar. And from that ambo he preaches the uncomfortable word of God, one that challenges each and every one of us to stop with our hypocrisies and sins, and to instead really admit that God is greater than us, and that he has the final word on all that is good and just, and that our attitudes shaped by the world are probably not correct and that in the end, the only true ruler we have is Christ the King. Christ is King, whether the world admits it or not. The hierarchical nature of the Latin Mass cannot be permitted to remain in place, not with the push to level the church and to bring in the ideas of the world that had been previously rejected by the church. See the syllabus of errors if you don't believe me. That is what is at the heart of all this. So I ask this question, will the institutional church be salt and light in the world, or will it lose its savor? Has it already? And I say the institutional church, by which I mean the various dicasteries and dioceses and things like that. The mystical body of Christ will prevail, will endure, and will emerge from the chastisement that we know is coming, and it will do so victorious. But until then, we must endure the church given over to Caesar and to the Leviathan. Will you submit to this? Will you continue to accept the ever-increasing modernism from Francis and the bulk of the bishops? I don't plan to. My responsibility to my family is to make sure that they hear Catholic truth and receive trustworthy sacraments as needed. The road ahead is rocky, so please, pray more rosaries, which Our Lady of Fatima told the three Fatima children to do explicitly, that Francisco Marto, the young boy at Fatima, would need to pray many rosaries to get to heaven. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. But what about you? Let me know your thoughts in the comments, please. And like and subscribe to keep up with all of this. I'll be covering this as it proceeds. And a special thank you to the patrons of this channel for making this possible. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.